to We Chat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, legal liaison, and Catherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of We Chat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution helping you secure your worth and protect your wealth in divorce. Welcome to WeChat Divorce. Catherine and I are so happy today to welcome attorney Ashley Nicole Russell. And in this episode, we're going to discuss the intersection of divorce and the workplace, where the road less traveled can take you. It's going to be a great conversation. But first, let me introduce Ashley Nicole. Ashley Nicole is an award-winning family law attorney, author, podcaster, and speaker who is changing the way divorce is perceived around the world. As a child of divorce and divorcee, she brings a unique, relatable, and personal understanding to family law. Her law firm, ANLR, was the first collaborative law practice in Greenville, North Carolina, with additional offices in Raleigh and Beaufort. Ashley Nicole is known globally as an expert in divorce culture conflict resolution, and shared parenting. Wow, Ashley, Nicole, that's amazing. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> what else can you do? <laughs> well, hey, when a woman's on a mission, you know how that goes, and I'm on a mission. <laughs> I love that a, a road less traveled. I always say one of my kids took the scenic route to get to where they got to. <laughs> Be patient. That is great. <laughs> Yes, I've, you know, been on a mission to change how divorce is handled in America. And, you know, I think a lot of this is just mission work doesn't feel like work. And so I've just been one thing after the next that I feel like is making a difference. We've been rolling on. <laughs> I love it. So I think it will be helpful, helpful for our viewers to get a perspective, Ashley Nicole, of how you feel divorce is broken in America and what your fixing? Like what is your mission trying to fix? So, you know, my parent, the whole, you know, a lot of us are in this because of a personal experience. So mine started really early at the age of seven and, you know, my parents had a pretty tragic divorce. It really was just handled in a way that was utterly unnecessary. And I didn't know that at the time I knew my life was incredibly broken and I really invested myself into education to kind of get myself out of the constant conflict that I was living in. And then, you know, I went through undergrad at App State, which was wonderful. And I kind of got away from the home drama that I was dealing with. And I started to kind of get my bearings. Then when I went to law school and I studied family law, it was literally like my entire childhood and life to that point made sense because I figured out why my parents got so caught up into something that didn't make sense. Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and so uh, my eyes just opened up and I was like, okay, so this is a broken system. And that is what has led to my life to this point. And if I start right now committing to changing the system, then I can really make a difference for all these future generations of children because I knew what happened to my life was utterly unnecessary, you know, and it was, you know, pretty traumatic. And so, you know, I really started investing myself into that. And I had a good foundation because in undergrad, 
I was a district court mediator. And so I already had ADR like in my blood and then understanding like the way that conflict was able to be resolved so efficiently in ADR. I found collaborative family law while I was in law school. I was the first law clerk of collaborative family law in North Carolina. And I studied under the founder of collaborative law in North Carolina. And so then I started my law firm day one out of getting my bar license, like finished the bar, hung a shingle, started a law firm. And everyone in my town was like, that's so cute. You want everybody to divorce amicably. You're so cute. And I was like, okay, you watch me because I know this is like, makes perfect sense. Collaborative family law is an out-of-court process. You save emotional time, physical time, money, the emotions of your children, the long-term effects I studied, the history of divorce, how do we got to this point I studied, put that all in my book, The Career for Divorce Culture. And that was after, the reason I wrote that book was because I won after they thought I was so cute. I actually came into this territory and created an area of law that didn't exist before that people really bought into And I was awarded small business leader of the year because the community said my clients were contributing members of society versus the other divorce clients that were not going through collaborative, you know, weren't at sitting on the same side of the ball field. When I won that award, it was like even more responsibility. So I wrote the book because I was trying to just get this message out to more than just my community, maybe my state. And then that kind of grew to the country because I just understood from my own background in ADR and my own experience as a child, exactly what could fix what was going on. And through my career in this, I've kind of figured out that HR and understanding how to direct people to these resources and other resources, maybe from the workplace is a great concept in being able to flip the lake. And we've really made a lot of progress over this decade in this nation. We really well, I have, must so. say, I, I'm collaboratively trained, so I'm well aware of how the process works. I'm as a CDFA. In my experience, though, it's really hard. I was in the state of Pennsylvania, but did work in New Jersey as well. One state did it better than the other. So the problem a lot of times is you can't get two attorneys. Like, I love that you said you hung your shingle and you set to your mission. And it wasn't very popular when you started that. And it wasn't even known, kind of reminds me of Karen and I, because what we do is not known by, you know, by everyone, but you, you just stuck to your guns and you said, this is my belief. I've got the experience. Now I have the knowledge and all the naysayers you'll see, you'll see what's going to happen. So I applaud you for that because it is a better process, but how do you, why wouldn't an attorney want to be collaborative? It's not as lucrative. Exactly. (laughs) And that's the problem. It is. But, you know, I think people are starting to wake up that that money that they're earning off the backs of children makes it hard to sleep at night. And I think people are really starting to see before they thought the court system will never adapt this collaborative family law. And there's been enough of us that have been committed no matter what, that it's really started to change. We have states changing the shared parenting laws. I mean, you know, things are just really moving. And I will say the pandemic shifted that needle because parents kind of woke up and they were like, okay, I don't have to go to court. I can figure this out myself. I can't invite any more conflict into my life. There's too much going on in the world today. Mm -hmm. I need to really trim back how much conflict I have in my life. So I don't like you. You and I are not getting along, but the rest of the world is going crazy right now. What can we do to figure this out between us? You know, people kind of started to have that conversation and here we were waiting. And also we've been doing Zoom since way before Zoom was even a thing. So, you know, we were just kind of like, ta-da. Whenever we're adding edge, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're ready. Yeah. yeah, I have to say that I applaud 
what you're doing in your state. I know other states that do it very well. Our experience was a lot of the attorneys were coming to the table with a litigation perspective. So while they were under the collaborative umbrella, they were still litigating. And so yeah, that continues to be a problem in a lot of states. But I do also see the shift that you're talking about where attorneys are committed to a different way of getting divorced. And that is the shift. It's just not litigators in a different environment because making the money that they need to make, it's a paradigm shift. And I really appreciate that you said that. I will give our country credit. It generally corrects itself. So when pendulums swing too far, generally enough of us take hold and give the research and understanding and it swings back. So this started, you know, my book goes through the historical perspective. So this started in 1969 off the back of the feminist movement where women could file for divorce unilaterally for the first time without having to have a reason, two specific reasons. And then we had this huge flood of filing. So this wave like swept over the country and then all the systems backlogged and everything stopped. And these attorneys are making all this money per hour. And these cases are taking years and nobody really meant for that to happen. But in the midst of all of that, it became an industry. And then the industry started making money and it wanted to make money and the profit became the point. But we cannot have that in this because these are families and that is wrong. It is absolutely not okay. So now people have started to figure that out. And we've had a big piece of this is I am a child of divorce, children of divorce, which is what basically I set that concept out in my book. And I call the subtitle is repairing the damage within a lost class of people. So what I'm saying is, There is a class of people now, adult children of divorce. They behave differently. They have different ways that they handle conflict. They have different filters that they see the world through because of what they were exposed to. They also have different types of relationships and they struggle with them in a very dramatic way. That's why our marriage rate is the lowest it's ever been. That's why the reproductive rate in this country is some of the lowest it's ever been because these relationships aren't being formatted because adult children of divorce who went through the chaos of those initial decades of the divorce culture, war culture of this country have, you know, and they've, they're starting to wake up to it and identify. So those people are becoming attorneys. And then they're saying, wait a minute, this is ridiculous that we're practicing law this way. You know, we need to, let's bring this down. So it's taken the generations to kind of get there. And now we're in a generational chain breaker mode where it's like, okay, I went through this. I will not put my children through this. I'm not going to put other people's families through this. I know what this heart heartbreak is like. And a lot of those older attorneys that had the older ways of thinking are retiring. I, that's I, just I, to break it down fabulous. to real life economics. <laughs> 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 okay. Should we rewind and say that again so you can all grasp that? <laughs> That was wonderful. It is wonderful because my daughter talks about the hidden statistics of divorce, which is the children. And it's really powerful to listen. I mean, she's younger now. So she, well, she's 28. She's not that young, but you know, and and Karen has a daughter as well. And who's in the legal side, which is interesting because her daughter's on the legal side, which is where she fell. And my daughter's on the financial side, which is where I fell. So it's really interesting. And Danielle is in the mindset of probably not only doing things different than her mother did them, but Let me educate people on how to budget. Her friends will actually talk to her about budgeting. She's got graphs going on. And I'm like, wow, that's really nice because we know what financial power you have when you have knowledge. You know, you feel more confident. You walk around differently. 
You'll go through divorce much differently. We've already um, proven that just by us providing the knowledge to people, Mm -hmm. it changes their pattern and their path as well. Absolutely. So I'm glad there's going to be a shift and a change because we need it. And we're all about, the three of us are all about shifting the power now back to the families. Exactly. That's exactly right. Make these decisions for yourself. You don't have to give that control away. And most people have no idea. It's the awareness. I'm trying to gift awareness to the country because most people think I have to go to court. Well, not necessarily, or I have to do it this cookie cutter way. And they don't think about, you know, the resources that you guys can provide. Just like you said, information is key. I'm trying to give that information. You guys are trying to give that information. So that people who are making the most important decisions of their lives around their children and their entire financial portfolio have the knowledge that they need in order to make an informed decision. This is a chess game. You need to be sitting upright, looking down on the chessboard at all the players, (laughs) your opponent, you, who's doing what. You cannot get your queen to here unless you know what this person's doing and you have like a top-down view. That's important. And Ashley, Nicole, what you're saying about the chess game is so aligned with what we're trying to accomplish when we give the financial awareness of what you need to consider before, so that you know your options to make compromise. So in chess, you need to know, be strategic, right? Right. So with us, when you have the financial knowledge and you understand all the components of your estate and you know how to interpret that, you'll know how to compromise because you're exactly you're just being part of the game, not sitting there being passive and letting everybody else take over. Agreed. If you're afraid or feeling vulnerable or intimidated, you're at the table able to your point, Ashton, Nicole, making really good decisions for yourself and knowing how those decisions will impact you moving forward. That's crazy powerful. Mm -hmm. And that's the greatest form of self-love to prepare yourself for the day ahead of you is the greatest form of self-love. That is why the most successful people in the world have very strategic plans for, and they've set their day up and their week up and their month up in advance. And they know what it is that they're doing, what their patterns are. And they have, you know, very specific routines, working out, going to a therapist, you know, analyzing their finance. This is, you set yourself up for the day in advance of you. So if you're just showing up on your court date and you have no idea what's going on, or just showing up to your attorney's meeting and you've no idea what's going on, you're freaking out because you have no self-love. You have not set yourself up for the day in advance. You cannot be your greatest version of yourself if you have not done that, you know? So these things are helping you to be able to do that. And then that's exactly like if you're in an airplane, they say, put your oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on your child. Oxygen mask, not other type of mask. On yourself before you put it on your child because you have to be able to function and you have to be able to make important, very mentally clear decisions so that your child can be okay. It's the same concept. Yeah. yeah. And it's making that investment in that space. Right. That, that allows you to move ahead that way. Just fabulous. Right? And to your point about collaborative not being the greatest in all markets, I totally understand that. You know, it does take committed professionals. That's why, and you know, I will say this, when I started my practice and everybody thought it was cute. Well, when I started to be very successful and people were very drawn to this, then they all went and got collaborative training, which is unfortunate <laughs> because then they're trying to be like, oh, I do collaborative, but then switch you over to litigation. And that's terrible. So People need to be aware though. This is the thing. You have to be, this is what we're talking about, this level of awareness. When you walk into your attorney's office, if you're getting a feeling like that person does not toe the line with your morals or ethics or that they're not in the same space as you or they're trying to do things that you're not aligned with, 
then you need to be aware of that and not let even the attorney walk over your own power and understand who you're hiring and make sure that that person is going to treat your family with respect and you with respect. And you have to be aware that guess what? You can fire your attorney just because you hire one attorney doesn't mean you have to stay with that attorney. They are actually working for you. Yes, exactly. And you actually have to make all the decisions. They advise you. And at the end of the day, the attorney has to go by the client's decision. And if they don't like it, they're supposed to withdraw. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that because, (laughs) you know, we see a lot of bullying going on. And when we see people with the financial knowledge they need to make smart decisions, they don't get bullied as much because they have to make this decision and they have the power to make that decision. And I know we're going to talk about HR And this really does fall into that line, though. I'm glad we started with this because, you know, this happens at work. So many people lose their jobs because they're so distraught or they can't focus. Let's talk a little bit about that. So I started to, you know, I'm a businesswoman. That is kind of my thing. So all the things that you mentioned, in reality, I have a ton of businesses. I have three different law firms. I've had almost every different type of business there is. I really enjoy the real life game of Monopoly. And so I kind of see the practice of law in a completely different way than most attorneys do. And I also see family law in a different way than most people do. And so one of the things that I started to pick up on, most people just being in the business world, I'm very conscious of and interact with HR. Most people are going to HR for major life events, but for some reason, we're not reporting divorce, even though HR is having to come in on the split of the retirement accounts, the split of the health insurance, how many, you know, is this person tenured? Are they vested? You know, all this stuff, HR is being involved. Additionally, businesses are being required to produce all these employment documents. Banks are being required to produce all these documents. You know, everybody's involved if you're in a divorce case and if you're in a full out litigation case, principals, teachers, family members, whole nine yards. So HR gets involved, business gets involved, employers get involved because they're being drug into it. They don't want to be involved. They're being forced to be involved. So now they're being forced to figure out what's going on because their productivity is off the charts going down on these employees and they're getting caught in litigation. They're distracted. So Casey Sowers actually just did a full body research where 6,800 people self-reported their own productivity loss and their own feelings. I mean, these people are self-reporting that they're doing poor work. That's pretty strong. And from his research now, and we're able to have some employers be able to kind of calculate what they would be looking at as productivity loss. So invest in your employees, give them resources, EAP programs so that they can, you know, have these out of court resources, mediation, collaborative, arbitration, settlement, negotiation, save the time in court to be able to have resources like you guys to be able to understand what's going on so they can make easy, efficient decisions. And they're not getting caught up in these long protracted divorce processes, resources to be able to help them get through this process in an efficient manner to get back to work. Also at work options, you know, people who they can talk to that are going through this too. Because this is difficult. This is not easy. We know this. This is a very difficult time in people's lives. To be able to offer and understand that PTO time can be used for your court hearing, you know, so that people feel like they're not at risk of losing their job. They can open up that conversation. Now, you know, there's a line, of course, work should not be involved in your personal life, but to a certain extent. But if those resources can can be given and you can kind of help people to understand there are other options, increase this awareness. Now you're starting to take away at those productivity numbers and you're helping the quality of life of your employees, which is very important. So this has been a, uh, this is a new thing that's coming around. I just spoke with Lorman, which does continuing education for HR directors and companies. And so now those resources are out there. There's a new EAP program that's just been developed by Equal 
parents' rights. I I don't remember the exact thing, but it's, you know, all kinds of resources, financial resources, hotlines, you know, things like that so that people can start to have the things like you and I do to be able to stay out of court and keep control over their lives. Now, if court is your only option, the other person has chosen court, there are plenty of reasons why that's the case. It's not that you should never go to court. There are some ways that you have to go to court. If you do, to be able to have that information like the services you go, you guys provide so that you know what you're doing and you're able to reduce the amount of the protracted discovery processes. It's about trying to get in and out of this process as efficiently as possible so that we can get back to focusing on our children, running our families, moving on, creating this next life that should be wonderful. I mean, if you're going to have to go through this, either it's chosen for you or you're choosing it, then we should be building a solid foundation from the foundation up of this new life house that you're about to have on the other side. Having this yeah. financial information from you guys, making informed decisions in the legal process, that's part of that concrete and pillars. Yeah, you know, we talk about the productivity of the self-reporting individual, and you talk about it from the employer's point of view. But what you have to really start with is internally. And don't don't be ashamed that you're going through a divorce, whether you wanted it or not. You know, we, we place so much pressure on ourselves when you go through the divorce process that you're afraid to ask for those resources. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're supposed to know this information already, or you feel like your sister went through it and you're going to go through it the same exact way. That's not the case. And so you have nothing to be ashamed of by going to your employer or going to your friend or going and Googling some help get the re- the resources are out there. You have to get them, but you have to believe that you deserve them. And you do. Absolutely. If you're going through this difficult journey, you should not be going through it alone. Agreed hundred percent. And those are so like, that's so pointed the way that you just described that. Cause so many people are going through that and it's like, stop torturing yourself. And a lot of things people say is how have I not been paying attention to the finances? Good Lord, a million things come at us a day, a million things, especially in this world. I mean, our phone's half the problem. It takes our attention every five (laughs) seconds. You know, it's like, it's hard to focus on the things that we used to focus on or that we should be focusing on. Everybody, you know, needs to focus more on their finances. It's just a part of life. And when you come to an intersection like this, it's an important place to really kind of look at how have I been doing things and maybe how can I do them better? And so this is one of those, we're at an intersection here, which is the road you're going to take. The one less traveled is the one that's more organized. I can promise you that. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And you know, we all have to remain cognizant that business owners and supervisors face divorce as well. And even if you have been paying attention to your finances, it's a whole new world when you're divorcing. They're interpreted two two houses. Yeah. And just the division of assets is very different than how you manage your annual net worth statement. When you're dividing assets, it's a whole different conversation. There's so many more details to be cognizant of. And so, you know, while we're talking about employees, business owners and supervisors, they face that same emotion and they need those resources too and can support their employees because they recognize that. Yes. And you know, especially in today's market, do you want to go out and find new employees? No, you need to, you need to take good care of the ones that you have and be understanding, you know, are they, are they missing work all of a sudden? Well, did they just start taking one week on one week off and now have to be responsible for getting the kids to school and, and pick them up? You know what I'm saying? Like things change. And so if employers are able to be understanding of that and they're like, Oh, okay, you got this major life event going on. Let's uh, put you in this peer group. If you elect to want to be in it, 
here's a resource manual and just know at the end of the day, we're here for you. Just that could mean a lot, you know, for someone moving forward. Absolutely. And that specific thing, then it has a domino effect, you know, mom or dad are feeling like, okay, I'm okay at work, even though this is a completely new change in my life. But, and you know, I'm getting my resources together. I'm getting my finances together. I'm starting to understand more about what my actual budget is. You know, how can I fix this? How can I help it? Work understands that I need to work more hours maybe. And I'm getting overtime now to maybe meet this deficit because they opened the door, you know, and then now, okay, I'm a little bit less anxious. So then my children are less anxious. You know, it just kind of ripples through the whole situation. And then maybe I didn't end up in litigation. So now the principals are not involved. The teachers are not involved. You know, we didn't just waste our retirement account on attorney's fees. It can all domino so fast. And we're just trying to help those dominoes in the beginning have a chance. I love that. I love and to I hear think your it, passion. Yeah, Same. me too. You know, it's, it's hard because, you know, we're also passionate. We find passionate people. And that's been another great thing about this virtual, virtual yeah. world that we're living in a little bit because we get to spread our wings further sooner. But it is nice because we can make change. You know, as professionals, we can make change. And as individuals going through the process, you can make change. I'm so sick and tired of hearing that the system is broken and there's nothing we can do about it. You know, so there's absolutely something we could do about it. And you know what? We don't even have to fix the system. That's the thing. The system does not have to be fixed. There's a road sign. It says yield. Go the other direction. Just don't go to the system. <laughs> it's a yield sign. That's all we need. Just see the yield. I love that. <laughs> the um, other road. Go to I the do left. Too. <laughs> you know, a common question we get, and this is so awesome that you're pointing that out. It's a great analogy. You know, people will come to us and they'll say, you know, yes, we know we need this financial piece and we're not your investors. We're not investing your money. We're giving you that awareness. We're giving you the knowledge that you need to make decisions. And they're like, well, wait a minute. Isn't my attorney going to do that? We're gathering the documents. We don't need two attorneys to gather the documents. So we gather and we'll share it with, you know, if we have both of you as a client, we'll share it with both attorneys. So there's a uniformity of the documentation. They don't understand yet because again, this is a change that we're bringing to this, to the process is what they're actually saving. By just yes. having one person, they don't understand what the discovery, if you want to call it, costs are right. to gather documentation. Explain okay. a little bit about yes. that. Let me highlight that. And let me highlight what that would look like in litigation and also collaborative. So collaborative embraces what you're talking about. We use you guys in our process, in the middle of it, to help with all those decisions and to produce exactly what you're talking about, which we put in. I don't know if yours are in like spreadsheet, like we put them on TVs, everybody looks at it together. But um format so that everybody is has the same information about the finances at once. So in the collaborative process, it's different than litigation because you are electing to stay outside of court. You are picking attorneys who are going to sign a contract that says, we're not going to take you to court. So if we can't settle this, you're going to pick another attorney that's going to take you to court. That scares a lot of people. But if you will back up and look, it keeps everybody's interest aligned. If you go to litigation, your attorney makes money off of conflict. That's just the way that the equation works out. You do not make money off of conflict. That's just the way the equation works out. In collaborative, everybody benefits off of settlement. Everybody in the room. So just from that perspective, it makes sense. Additionally, two grade school lessons that we learned as to why collaborative works. The telephone game does not work. If you tell me something, I tell the attorney something. The attorney tells your husband something who's literally probably still in the same house with you sometimes. One, you're going to get charged three times. And two, it's going to be broken down. We learned that in grade school with the telephone game. Everybody can remember that. that. That's so true. (laughs) So you paid for broken communication. What? And then the parachute rises when everyone is on the same page. And so when you play the parachute game, 
if one person's off sync, then you're just, what are you doing? That is exactly what litigation is like. And so we want everybody to be on the same page, the other attorney, the financial advisors, the therapist for the children and you, and then everything can go smoothly together. And so the collaborative process allows you to stay outside of court. Generally, it is somewhat of a fixed rate, flat fee or a certain number of hours that you're paying for. It's not just an endless retainer. And so love that. That's awesome. Yep. And so it may seem like a lot up front, but it's a contained cost because everybody's on the same page. So what you're talking about, these spreadsheets that the financial advisors provide in collaborative, the attorneys do not do that work. So the attorneys come in with the spreadsheet, review the spreadsheet and the documents, but they don't create that. You are paying whatever your attorney's rate is per hour, either out of a bundle of hours for collaborative or off. That's part of the flat fee that you're not having to pay for it if you're paying a flat fee for collaborative. But some of that's going to have to come off if some if the attorney's preparing those finances. But if your financial advisor already has that done, you're not paying that cost. In litigation, that's called discovery. So if it's already done and compiled in a final spreadsheet, the attorney still has to get the documents all together. But if they come pre-compiled, then they can't charge you 20 hours for discovery. They can only charge a reasonable amount to review what's already been compiled. You do have the ability to control that in your case. You have to communicate effectively with your attorney, though, to be able to do that if you're in litigation. If you're in collaborative, it's already part of it. It's already cheaper uh, because we're involving a financial advisor or we're already understanding that someone's going to compile that document list and then we're going to have it all together. And so that is a huge function of this, just the process of getting all those documents. And if you're in litigation, there can be extension filed after extension. If an employer is not working to get all the documents that are necessary that are being requested or a credit card company or Facebook or whatever, then document and discovery production can take a year. And by the time it all comes in, it's outdated. And then you got to update statements. Thank you for (laughs) identifying that. Then it's like, oh, well, now we need a current and then we're going to go through the whole rigmarole again. And now we're another year out and it just keeps going forward. And it's again, back to the breakdown of the telephone game. That's why we love, you know, the whole thing's unnecessary. It really is. I mean, we collect the documents and then do the financial considerations, right? So we always... I don't chuckle, but we always get mad when an attorney doesn't want, you know, we've dipped into their pocket now because they don't have to do all those hours you just mentioned, but how great is it for the end user, the the person actually going through the process and they feel more confident. Yeah. Yeah. This is great conversation. I love the work you're doing, Ashley, Nicole. And I think the takeaway is yield. Take one step every day. And if you're doing that every day, you're going to become more empowered. You don't have to figure it all out all today, but every day you can take a step towards your truth and knowing and so that you can make really good, confident decisions. And take in the divorce. sacred pause, you know, yes. like take a second and yeah. think about it. If you don't exactly. know the answer right then, or you're confused, be like, I need a minute to think about that to yourself or to the person and get, and then come back to it, you know, but take a second and don't just go blindly. Don't walk blindly forward. They say that knowledge is a power, but we believe that knowledge is everything in divorce. You deserve it. You should get it. You should understand exactly what you have before you in order to be able to walk the path for sure. So this concludes this episode on the intersection of divorce and the workplace where the road less traveled can take you. Ashley, Nicole, thank you so much for a fantastic conversation. Before we sign off there, how can we reach Ashley, our listeners? Yay! Oh, yeah. Yes. Thank you. 
ANRlaw.com and then Divorce Healthy is my podcast. That's, you know, positive information to be able to help you get through this tough time. And then also you'll be able to find my book, The Cure for Divorce Culture on Amazon. There are a lot of blogs. I, I write very real researched articles. This is very current information, very, you know, white paper, been researched, cited, provides it, you know, please check out the blog on my website. There's also statistics on the website where you can start to see and understand bigger picture. But some of those blogs link to what's happening in the HR world and a lot of these new developments that we have in the world of divorce today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Are you ready for self-redesign as you turn the page on your divorce? If so, we'd love for you to join us at our next Mrs. To Me Summit this March for connection, self-realization, and inspiration on your divorce journey. Our weekend Mrs. To Me Summit harnesses the collective wisdom, experience, and energy of divorce experts, giving you the confidence and tools you need to create your best life post-divorce. In addition to our panel of 13 divorce experts, the weekend includes beach walks, connection with other women on the same journey, and lunch by the pool. Tickets are selling out, and we don't want you to miss this weekend of community and self-growth. Head to our website, MyDivorceSolution.com, for Mrs. To Me information and tickets. We hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us on another episode of WeChat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you are looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to MyDivorceSolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.